Welcome back. This is episode number 55 of the Water and Stone Church podcast. My name is Dita Randolph, and this is the sound of my voice. And I am Jenny Randolph. So as we gather around, talk about what's been going on in our world, I guess the natural question is, what's been going on in your world? Well, as you know, I think we talked about it last week. Um, I was on the phone with my mom, and she was the one that told us about the Netflix series, Genius of the Ancient World. Yeah, we talked a little bit about uh-huh, that. And we yeah. talked about that, I think, last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the weeks kind of are, like, melding together, and so, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if it was two weeks ago, <laughs> Well, last there's week, reasons whatever. for that that we'll talk about in a minute. But right. Yeah, we talked about that. I listened to that episode, by oh, the way. Oh, okay. All good. right. Quite good. Um, and... So in this one, they were featuring um, three men that were, you know, responsible for changing society, changing modern society as we know it. And, and the idea is that their influence was still, is still felt today. And so the first one that they did was Karl Marx, and then they did uh, Nietzsche, and then Freud. And they, it was really fascinating. It was really, really neat. Yeah, I highly recommend the show. It's it's profoundly good, even if you don't agree with some of the the things. You know, I'm I'm more of a fan of Jung than I am of Freud, for example. And I like certain parts of what Nietzsche was doing, but other parts, wow, you know, that kind of thing. Even if you're not crazy about what it, the conclusions that they came to, I'm such a fan of process. You know, one of my favorite podcasts is one called WTF, and Mark Marin, the host, talks to stand-up comedians and celebrities and musicians and authors and so on. And he always asks them, well, how did you do the thing? What, how did it feel? What led you to that? How did you recover from it? And I'm such a fan of the inside baseball. It was really neat yeah, to see, for sure. you know, what their childhoods was like how they got to the point that they got to, how they drew the conclusions that they did. And like you said, whether you agree with, with you know, what they did or what they said or what they wrote, um, it, that's kind of not the point. It, right. it, it's the process of which, and why we say, we still say the things we say today. Mm-hmm. And Like Freudian slip. Sure, yeah. absolutely. Um, and just seeing, you know, that, you kind of idolize, sometimes idolize people in history. Maybe not these three men, but um, there are people, you know, I mean, you think about like somebody like Abraham Lincoln or something like that, where you're like, oh, you know, he must have just been the most awesome person. And when you really get down and you see the day-to-day and you see their interrelationships with everybody and and the process that they've gone through and the, the people that they surround themselves with and... All kinds, all kinds of stuff. I think universally, what we found, not only through the the genius of the ancient world, but also the genius of the modern world, of all of those six men, is uh, they sucked at being uh, family people, <laughs> like really it's bad. True. It, it's it's true. like none of them did a good job. I no. mean, there was um, which one of them um, in the series like got the best friend of his wife that was pregnant. carl marx that w- that carl was marx, marx was That's living right. living in a house with his wife and this other lady and the other lady got pregnant and Ingalls, yeah his friend marx's friend and collaborator Ingalls, brilliant brilliant man in his own right wonderful writer um 
Engels took responsibility for the the illegitimate kid and that sort of thing. Oh yeah, I mean, Some but I think stuff. I think that it's really important, and this is something that we deal with today when celebrities, you know, it turns out they've done bad things. You know, there's a level at which certain behavior is inexcusable and we can't support it, but there's also a level that where we have to separate the art from the artist. Picasso, not a great guy, but the art's incredible, so where do you draw the line? And it's subjective. It's, you know, it's one of those things that's worth a debate. Another thing that, that I found, although I loved the show in general, I would have liked a little bit more insight into why they chose the people they chose, because certainly there's other people. Yeah, and, I mean, and why just stop there? Why not continue on? Why just have three, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Do you yeah. have a thought of who you would have liked to have seen? And oh, while you're thinking of it, gosh. I, I would invite the listeners. Who would you like to see on a show like that? First of all, I encourage you to watch the show, but even if you haven't, who would you like to see? For example, I would love to have seen a show about Jesus. Obviously, that's sort of a gimme. You know who you're talking to here. I'm, you know, Of course, I'm going to go there. Um in the modern world, I would have loved to have seen some work on Michel Foucault. He's one of my favorite philosophers, and he kind of came out with the idea of philosopher as rock star. He really lived his philosophy, but he spoke to huge crowds of people who would follow him around on tour like the Grateful Dead, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm not sure. I can't think of anybody off of off of the top of my head that that I think – had that kind of I mean I'm sure they are but you know sure you know calling we'll me on, you on the, the spot, spot. yeah 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 like, and you know well and part of the challenge that I'm that I'm having right now is I was like yeah I maybe that person but they've done so much on that person for example like Winston Churchill or something mm-hmm. like that sure you know I mean Gary they, Oldman they, just did that great movie right you know? exactly and that kind of popped into my head but it's like there's so much that has been done on him I would rather think of somebody that is almost lesser known sure you know that sure that kind of stuff so i'm not sure i'm not sure it's a it's a question i'm gonna have to come back to well talking about the 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 context behind the decisions and the 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 life that goes on behind the art or the creative enterprise or the moving the business forward or whatever uh, or what happens when the <laughs> wheels fall off and you're left to you know sort of scramble and try to pick up the pieces and assemble something well we had a very interesting uh situation because I signed the contract for uh, University of South Florida Harbor Hall, which is where we have our Sunday meetings, and we're going to be there until we outgrow it, which could be, you know, next week or six months from now, and, you know, God's got the, the right idea for that, and I'm happy to let God handle that part, but when we signed the contract, we were told, you know, there's this one Sunday where we may or may not be able to give you the Sunday because a professor at the University of South Florida, and they kind of get first dibs, a professor has reserved that space a long, long time ago for a campus-wide event. Might work out, it might not. So we love Harbor Hall. It's The USF has been great to mm-hmm. us. It's a great location. And so we've been there about yeah. six months now, and so we were like, oh, well, no news is good news, yeah, and right? We'll just, and we'll make it work one way yeah, or the other. absolutely. And, so All we were kind of just going along our merry way, <laughs> thinking everything was cool and, you know, no big deal. But and we turns have, out not so much. Yeah. So, and and we, things are, I mean, this is a wonderful, we call it chemicalization. When life asks you if you really mean it, you put, you put your sign out there. I'm going to be a vegetarian. You get invited to a barbecue. That's always the example I use. But you can think of examples in your own life because it happens to everybody. When you put yourself out there, the universe will go, okay. Are you sure? Is this is this really your thing? 
And it's a beautiful moment. You're asking for change and the universe gives you change. Some people choose that moment to retreat and of course that's the wrong thing to do. But anyway, so we we are now doing weekly Sunday services. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. But this is a big deal. We're done with the monthly services. So here we are, universe, weekly. It feels like a real church, part of people's weekly lives instead of a once a month thing that kind of a, a parenthesis moment, right. you know. And and not only that, but okay, so we're weekly, but it's it was one of those things like, okay, we have stability. That's what, you know, cuz people people don't want to go to a church that okay, maybe maybe you'll be there sometimes, maybe you won't. I mean, yeah. that I mean psychologically for all different kinds of reasons, that that's no good, and right? And because we're in temporary space, we have to work extra hard. Yeah, a little a little you bit know. hard to, you know, just to make sure people know that because we don't have our own building yet and yeah. and and that kind of stuff. Love the space that we are right, in. Right, but stability is super absolutely. important. Absolutely. So we want to be able to put the address out where we are and everything. So so needless to say on Monday, mm-hmm. the day um, after, the day our, after first our first real weekly service. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We get a message going, "Oops, nope, you cannot. It is official. You cannot have you cannot have March 18th, you can't have that date. Oh, and by the way, um, there are some problems with the parking the week before and blah, 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 which that's not really the challenge. It was just sort of an added little, a little bit of a gut punch. Yeah, where the guy goes, well, you can have the building. You can't have the parking lot. So it's yeah, like, we're like, okay, what? well, great. That, that, okay. We huh? might be able to arrange people to drop out of the sky on parachutes, but probably That would not. be awesome. I think we might get some news coverage for that. But, but so... I spent a lot of time, you and I spent a lot of time dreaming and figuring out. I spent a lot of time on the phone and emailing and whatnot. We solved the parking lot problem, so we don't even need to talk about that anymore. That was, I was sweating it because two Sundays in a row not being able to be in your space, that's a rough deal. Yeah. But so that one Sunday, the the 11th, we got taken care of, but we knew we weren't going to be in our Harbor Hall space for the 18th. We weren't sure what to do about it. And I was thinking, oh, well, you know, the very first Sunday of our church, we rented space in a hotel, and that was okay. It wasn't exactly perfect, but it was okay. Maybe we'll go back there, but that feels like a step backwards. And It really did, and it was, it, I think it would have been confusing, and I mean, I think people would have understood, but it didn't, it just didn't feel right to me, and so I was kind of hesitating. Right, and we're asking our people to make space in their lives for this experience. I don't want to ask them to do anything else. That they, you know what I mean? Let's yeah, make yeah. it as easy as we can. The barrier to entry should be as low as one can make it so you had the amazing idea it's it's springtime it's going to be march 18th in florida here in st petersburg the finest city on the face of the earth it's not too warm yet especially in on a sunday morning in the mornings it's just gorgeous and so why not be outside and in st petersburg once again finest city on the face of the earth there's this amazing, there's a series of parks, but if you listen to the podcast, you know that Jenny and I and whoever's going to join us uh, a few times a week, but especially Wednesdays, we walk along the water. We walk through downtown and we go get some coffee. We walk back. We'll talk about that later when we get to that part of the show too. But the point is there's this park that we walk by many times a week and it's part of our lives and it's just absolutely gorgeous it's right by the water it's right by the historic the vinoy hotel and the art museum and the amazing downtown area that we have along beach drive the whole thing it's just gorgeous and we decided you came up with the idea jenny of let's have a sunday morning out there in that incredible park space 
Um, and so we made it happen. I spent some time on the phone. I actually yeah, we got the permits from the city. This morning good. I went this down to we Parks made, and Recreation. Yeah, exactly. We got the permits. We paid what they wanted us. And I was really and, hoping um, to run into Ron Swanson. Didn't work out, but <laughs> I still got the permits that I needed. Yeah, and and they the city couldn't have been nicer. And I think it's going to be a really nice way to spread the word about our church, but also to allow our people to feel. This is my town. This is my city. This is when we do service projects. This is the these are the people that I'm serving. This and, is how this is how we're doing. And I just think it was just such a it well it was a god job. Yeah. It really was. Well, and and you know, it yeah, cuz we don't believe in coincidence. This was a god job. It was such a wonderful moment because one of the things that that we've said a few times now is that we're really shooting for a non-interchangeable experience. And if, you've, if you're a long-time listener, you know what I'm talking about, but let me recap real quick. A lot of churches, you feel like you could just pick them up and plop them in a different part of the country and nothing would change about the service, about the people, about what was said, anything. And that feels like fast food. We're trying to create an experience that is unique to this area. It is a St. Petersburg experience. If we were to start this church somewhere else, and someday we'll help other churches get started in other parts of the country, other parts of the world, and they will have unique flavors to what they do as well. But so anyway, we want this to feel like a St. Pete thing. And there's lots of little things that we do about that, but in this moment, we get to be right there outside in the most beautiful city. And it's just, it's so much fun. We're encouraging people to show up a little bit early that day, maybe stay late, maybe bring a picnic lunch or something like that, and just be a part of that experience. But you're going to hear more about that. But I have to say, that's been a big deal for us this week of just starting with everything being okay, going into this is a really big deal, that this could be a serious problem, back into, you know what? It's going to be even better than we thought. Yep, exactly. What a wonderful little journey. And I give thanks for the turbulence in this flight because it was fun. Heck of a week, but we got through it. <laughs> yes, ma'am. So as we dig in, I know that we've been talking about... A lot of a lot of spiritual stuff lately. Duh, it's a church well, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but um, and I I always like the way that we talk about real life experiences that we're feeling or that we're going through in the moment or not not surface stuff, but but sometimes maybe less doctrinal things. Mm-hmm. Um, so how does it feel? You know, how do I move through this? Yeah, we what? might spend less time, let's say, talking about the Trinity, important right. though it might be, exactly. and more time talking about how do I deal with the fact that my job makes me feel like a loser? Exactly. So yeah. we, we we tend to deal with real life ex- experiences around here. And, yeah. and I really, really like that. I wanted to take a step back this week. and And maybe it is because... We are thinking about growing the church and we're thinking about, all right, these are the questions that we need to answer that we are called upon as, as more and more people are attending the church. Um, so I wanted to take just just this time for this podcast and, and kind of get back to a little bit of what we believe about some heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. And this time I, I kind of wanted to talk about the problem with evil. Yeah. Now we have discussed before 
why we choose to use the word evil in the Lord's Prayer. And if you go back and listen to that podcast, basically we decided, listen, we're not going to change what Jesus said in the Bible. Yeah, I mean, it's everywhere you up, and you pick it up and well, it's a and big, I think it's culturally, it's a, yeah, I mean, it's, well, you know, it's a cultural touchstone and who are we to change it, right? Well, because be we, like tell people, a poem. we tell people, look, the Bible says right here, right. this and that and the other. You know, it, if we're going to do that, it's not super appropriate or educational or valuable to change some of the words because it suits what we want to say. That feels a little bit weird. Yeah, and this is a topic for another time when we talk more about Bible interpretation. But yes, of course, we know that the Bible is not a videotape. It's not word for word. We understand that it's an oral tradition. We understand that it's been translated and retranslated and edited and so on by lots of different people over time. Yes, I get it. I understand it's not the exact words. But as a as an educator, I want to be able to say, hey, po- folks, pick up your Bible. It's right here. Chapter such and such, verse such and such. Just read it. And so not changing the words is important. And so when we say in the Lord's Prayer, deliver us from evil, it's because that's what the Bible says. Right. Now, some people use the word error, and I get it. We'll talk about why that might be, but just real quick, I really feel like that word error, I understand why people use it, and that's totally valid. However, I don't think it does enough to explain not just the mistaken consciousness, the misuse of who you are as a child of God. That's the error. But when we say evil, it also encompasses the repercussions of that mindset, of those actions. And that's important. It's not just the mistake. It's what happens as a result of the mistake and the choices you subsequently make and the way it feels and what happens in the world. There's a whole lot to, to encompass in the word error. Right. And that it, I'm not yeah, sure error does it. Never right. did it for me as a kid. It always felt funny. Exactly. And I think that obviously um, we feel good about that decision. I think that we have we have done that. But, but I want to go a little bit deeper because I think the follow-up question, if somebody says, okay, you, you use the word evil in, in the Lord's Prayer. Okay, cool. And, and we give them that answer, which... I think is absolutely brilliant and 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 makes sense to me and my heart. Um, the next question I think that follows that would be, well, do you believe there's evil people in the world? Do you think that there's evil that has done, you know? And and I think it's a natural question, although we're not having to answer the questions, the loaded questions of using the word error, you know, we are having to answer other questions right. within, you know, our doctrine and things like that. So well, I just, be, yeah, I be, just wanted to take a minute and kind of pull back and really delve into the idea of how we view evil, what we would say to somebody that, you know, well, like, there's, you there's a couple of key the questions. Devil? Do you believe, you know, that kind when of you're stuff. Trying so, to, so that's what I want to focus when on When you're today. trying to understand a belief system, whether it's religious or otherwise, one of the key questions that comes up is, okay, well, how do you deal with the problem of evil? That's the official term, the problem of evil. And what that means is there's a lot of questions nestled in that. Like, well, do you believe that some people are bad? Do you believe in an evil force like the devil or or whatever? Do you believe in 
you know, these kinds of questions. Why do good things happen to bad people? Those kind of questions are all kind of under the umbrella of the problem of evil. So if you're trying to understand anything, any belief system at all, that's a valid question to ask. Absolutely. And so how do we, as progressive Christians, let's call ourselves in this moment, as whatever word you want to use. I just use the word Christian, but okay. How do you water and stone people deal with the problem of evil? And the short answer, the flippant answer, the, the tongue-in-cheek answer is no problem. But obviously, so much more needs to be said. So let's walk backwards through it. Do you believe in evil people? And my answer is only one, evil can evil. You're right. <laughs> I'm a big fan. I was a child of the 70s. Well, and he chose that name. He brought yeah. it on himself. Yeah. Actually, there's a whole history about how he got that name, and it's, but it's a separate issue. He got it in oh, jail. okay. But we don't need to go there. He was There was another guy that was in jail a lot, kind of a regular in the jail, and his last name was Knoffel, seriously. And the cops called him Awful Knoffel. And here comes Robert Knievel, and they just decided they just that it was to funny to call him Evil Knievel. Oh, That's okay. why. But he just, he loved it. It, it was, it was uh, this whole time I thought that it was like, oh, that's just a fancy name that he chose because it yeah. rhymed. No, but it's a jail it, name. He, oh, wow. When you think okay. about the kind of guy he was. What was he, he in was, jail for? Oh, it was probably some kind of drunken disorderly. So he uh, was a pretty okay. rough customer. But it's, I love the idea that, that it, it happened when, you know, oh, honey, you've given birth to this beautiful baby boy. What should we name him? Evil, you know. Well, but you know, no, yeah. I mean, but, you know, but yeah. I, I, I kind of like awful knuffle yeah, a, a little bit yeah. more. <laughs> I, I, history doesn't know. There's a guy for the, the genius of the modern world show. What happened right? to awful knuffle? <laughs> but um, anyway. Well, you know, I mean, it could be argued without him. There, There's no evil can evil. Right. And then the repercussions throughout the Deep. 70s. Yeah. Deep. It's he's a Kevin Bacon like figure. Absolutely. But anyway, um, do you believe in evil people? No. Never met one. Even the worst things that people do, and you know, obviously there's very easy examples you can point to. E- easy ones. Anybody you know, you know what happened in World War Two. You know about people like Idi Amin. You know about people who come up. No one can explain the successful career of Vanilla Ice. There's a lot of examples ranging from the silly to the very, very serious and tragic. I'm not trying to to sweep that under the rug. Sure. However, let me start with the Bible and say, remember, the Bible says that we are all the same in Christ Jesus. Once again, the thing I go back to, that's Paul, but go back to Jesus when he says, our Father. Go back to the very beginning of the Bible when God looks at humanity and says good and very good. It doesn't say God looked at certain cool people. Right. You know, so, so, and there's certainly so much more that can be said as far as a biblical precedent for saying we are all in the same boat, same God, the whole thing. There's a lot of places to look and that's fine. Well, and I think, I think that separating people that do really terrible, um, awful things, hurtful things, um, you know, killing other people, that kind of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. people that are shooting up the, the, the big crowds and, and school and stuff like that. I think that there is a natural human desire to separate them from the herd. Sure. To say, this is not, this He's is not, not like us. us. It's not like us. But and see, when you do that, exactly. Yeah, when you do that, not only do you, 
prevent that person from being anything but bad. Not only do you make the situation unfixable because you have now said, I'm going to paint that with the brush of this is an evil. This is other. So it's yeah. other. So I'm not going to learn from it. I'm not going to grow from it. I'm not going to fix that situation. I've put it in the evil drawer. But you have also not dealt with the fact that if I say that me and that jerk are made out of the same stuff, that we're both children of God, if I say that, if I really acknowledge that sense of family, it means I've got to deal with the fact that in me is the same potential. And I think that that People is get where scared. that cognitive dissidence, you know, yeah. where it's like all of a sudden it's like if I do that, if we're made out of the same stuff, then that means that I am capable of potentially doing what this other person. And so I don't want to deal with the fact that I have that potential or just that I have growing to do. Nobody right. likes it's being It's like that reminded. part in Indiana Jones when they're meeting. It's just like I'm a shadowy reflection yeah. of you. It take just a, you know, yeah. just take, just take a, you know, to push you out of the light yeah. and then you're, and you'd nobody be, wants to hear you'd that. be like me and so working with the Nazis. People, you know? people are, they can respond to that comparison with fear and fear creates the designation of other. Mm-hmm. But other is not helpful to me, to you, to the world. It doesn't make things better. It makes it an exception. Something bad happens in history. If you go, oh, well, that was an other, then I, I don't really have to learn from it in the same way that I would have to learn from if I go, yeah, people can do those dumb things. Let's not do those things. Well, and you know that's what I, mean? what I was going to say. Important. We could argue that we are bound, it, when, when we separate and we do other, we are bound to repeat those lessons and go through that as a culture, as a society. If we continue to separate it out and instead of addressing the problem overall of how this person got to that point and what led them because it's always a story it's always not just one day somebody just decided to do it it's always there's something a decision. there's context uh, there's right. always a story behind it that is years and years and years well, and, and years the thing and years is and things and decisions and and, and there choices are people and every, yeah everything else sure. in the corner so anyway not to justify the things no of the course horrible not. things that happen no, and but the thing is that's what i'm saying but we're gonna have to do it over and over again we have until to, we figure it out right but what i'm saying is we have to fix the things we need to make a world where that that kind of stuff isn't such an easy option for example we must take a stand against injustice and oppression all over the place we must help people we are called upon to help to fix to heal to teach to uplift all of that of course but that's the thing if i decide that some people are just evil i'm short-circuiting my ability to help so let me say all this in a little bit different way. And here's an example that I've used from time to time. I may have used it on an old episode of this podcast. If you've ever been around a little kid, you know, Jenny, you and I used to work in a daycare center a million mm -hmm. years ago, and we experienced this firsthand. We also experienced it with our own kids. If you've ever been around a little kid and you catch them messing up, okay, you can't color on the floor. You can't pour applesauce on the dog, whatever it is. You can't do that. You're in trouble. You're in timeout, let's say. And the kid will say, because kids are really good at emotional manipulation, the kid will say, well, you don't like me. I've experienced this a dozen times sure. at least. Oh, yeah. Anybody who's been I have been kid. not liked from yeah. for a very oh, sure. many, you many don't, times. Well, you don't like me. And the bad teacher or parent or whatever will go, oh, no, no, it's okay. Keep on doing the thing, which is what the kid thinks you will do. Now, a good teacher, good parent, good role model will say, honey, I love you. 
but your behavior is ridiculous. I love you so much that I am not going to allow this beautiful you to be expressed through this dumb thing, right? That's, that's what the good parent does. And the thing is, that's what we are called upon to do for and with each other. You must separate the behavior from the essence of that person. And that might seem hard when the behavior is particularly atrocious, but if it, if it holds in the case of a five-year-old and some applesauce and a poodle, it holds in the case of the big bad things. So we have to be able to say, look, your essence is child of God. Your behavior is a million miles away from that. But if I know that, if I find that connection, that bond, that brother-sisterhood, at the core, I'm able to work through it. And man, that's hard when the person does things that are crazy or weird or whatever. And, you know. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's, it's a story that um, we actually got told by a family this Sunday. It reminds me when you're talking about kids and, and how they tend to, you know, not see other you know they see kids always see sameness yeah and they get excited about sameness yeah we know? got the same toy exactly. we both like spider-man so yeah. it's really funny um this family has has been with us at water and stone from the very beginning and they have uh, a little girl who's about five mm-hmm. and she just started um girl scouts oh yeah you know okay. just just yeah, like know really you know yeah. and so it's cookie time it's girl scout cookie time and um they went to remember like when this... our daughter was doing girl oh, scout oh i cookies. remember i i've been Boy, cookie mom that yep. was Cookie Mom is a very yeah, hard I, job. I I got my own badges, my own <laughs> scars, my own badges. I totally yeah, remember. Wow. But anyway, so she had to go to sort of this cookie jamboree orientation to tell all of the cookie girls. Cookie University. Yeah. Right. Here is how, you know, here's here's how you want to behave when you're selling the cookies. When you're parked and, in front of the grocery store like with that. the table. And, and, and you always want to have... You know, you always want to have a smile and you want to let everybody know information. And so um, she had come up to me on Sunday and she's like, you know, and I bought some cookies. You bought a lot of cookies. I did buy a lot of cookies. I'm excited about their arrival. Um, And so anyway, but she had stepped away. She had to go use the, the restroom. And so her daddy took her to the restroom and her mom was sitting there and she's like, She's like, it was really funny because we got done with the, like the cookie jamboree, you know, the the orientation, the training, and we were in the car and we drove past, um, a homeless person that was holding up a sign and the little girl just happened to notice and said, mom, you know, what is he doing? And so she took a minute and she was like, you know, he's, he's asking for help because he, he doesn't have a place to live or he doesn't have enough money for food, all that kind of stuff. Sure. It took, took a moment to explain to her. And the little girl's reply was, well, but he's not smiling. <laughs> and so the sameness right there was so beautiful. Yeah, there because, was no... Because she was like, she should just come from someplace. If you want people if you want people to buy stuff from me, if you want something from other people, mm-hmm. you have to be kind and you have to smile and you have to be, you know, and you have to be generous with that. And so it was just so hilarious to me that that is what she was like, he's not smiling. Yeah. He wants, well, you know, he wants something sweet, from that people sweet and he's moment not smiling. of the rules apply to all of us equally. <laughs> exactly. Is really profound. Separate out the 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 child tantrum brat behavior from the child of God inside, and you're exactly. on to something. And yes, that is hard. 
But but what does Mother Teresa say? We are here to serve God in all his distressing disguises. And some of those disguises are very distressing. Yeah, and I'm not hard. trying to minimize that. Man, oh man. And you know what? I watch the news and there's stuff. You well, know? and I've shed and, my, my tears many a times over things that have happened to families and, and tragedies and um, all of it. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. And we have been there on the front lines marching. We have been there when, you know, stuff has happened in people's families. We have been there and we will continue to be there in whatever way it makes sense to because you're supposed to. If I say that everybody has good on the inside, some people might challenge that. And I understand. But here's one of the ways to look at it. I'm not saying it's the only way. It may not even be the best way. It's just what works for me. I have to remind myself sometimes that every single person is trying to create some kind of good. Everything that they do, getting up in the morning, making a snack, going to work, whatever it is, everything that somebody does, they are trying to make good happen. They're trying to experience good in one way or another. Now, it's very possible that their version of good is really limited, is really weird, is really hard to understand. But at the end of the day, that's what they're trying to do. Even when people do incomprehensible things, they're doing it because they're trying to make some kind of pleasure, some kind of good, some kind of upliftment, some kind of growth, some kind of positive something. Some happen. forward movement in their life. Whether I, you know. I believe I have to do this thing because it's going to satisfy this goal. Right. Right? Everybody. Everybody, everybody, everything they do is to arrive at some kind of concept of greater good. That's what we all have in common. Now, from there, what we may not have in common, once again, is our definition of good. But see, that's a matter of fixing understanding. That's when you go, okay, do you see that your definition of good is actually hurtful to other people? Let's find a better one. And so we have gone from painting that person with the brush of you are an evil being into, boy, you've got some dumb ideas. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. Do I believe in an evil force? No. no. One presence and one power. Right. I right. believe in freedom. Right. And that includes freedom to have the wrong idea, freedom to think some really limiting things, free to behave in dysfunctional ways, free to miss the point and carry out that missing of the point in, in really dumb ways. Do I believe in evil? No. I do believe in dumb sometimes. And I have been a force for the powers of dumb on many occasions. And I'm sorry about that, but I learn. But I learn best when I remember who I am. And we teach best when we remember who other people are. So that's a big part of it. So we can go a step further and go, well, do you believe in an evil force? Well, for all of the reasons that we just said, I think it's easier to start with talking about individuals. Sure. But all of those things apply when you're talking about the big stuff. But let me just say this. The Bible says, once again, let's start with the Bible. Once again, the Bible says God is one. There's a commandment about it, only having one power in your life over and over again. <clears throat> you can take it on the practical level and go, if you make a smaller God, you have less room for miracles. So much of what we're taught in Scripture is about having the biggest idea about God you can have because that's how this and works. And don't, yeah, I was going to say, that is our job description in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. Make more room. Make more room for God. Have a bigger idea. Make room for Daddy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have a bigger I idea about God 
all the time. Because you're not going to get experiences any bigger, right. not going to get miracles any greater than your paradigm about how God works. Mm -hmm. That's how it works. So that's a big part of it. And some people go to the logical way and they say, well, don't you believe that all things need to have an opposite? And we've no. talked about this before. There's no opposite of orange. <clears throat> Even yeah. though you think it's an apple, it's not really. Yeah. Come on now, people. There's, They're both produce. You know, you know, yeah, exactly. Not, I mean, blueberries and strawberries are not opposites of each other. It it's, turns out in the natural world, there really aren't any opposites. That The concept of for every down, you need an up. That is a human construction so that we can wrap our heads around things. It doesn't actually exist in the world. There's no opposite of you. There's no opposite of the color orange or the fruit orange. There's no opposite of a cheese sandwich. There's no opposite of, of anything like that. It doesn't really work that way. It's just a, a shortcut, a crutch for trying to put things into logical terms. The universe doesn't actually work that way. Nothing on the Discovery Channel has an opposite. And you don't have an opposite. And if you're made in the image and likeness of God, once again, let's walk backwards through this. What does that say about God? All of that makes sense to me, but at the end of the day, what I know is I can't fix it if I call it evil. My job is to make, just like you said, to make as much room for God as I can. So I, frankly, don't have time. So when we say deliver us from evil, what we're saying is, remember, he's talking to God. Jesus is talking to God. Only God can deliver us from the dumb idea, the limited understanding, the selfish preconception, the ego thing, and... Remember, evil is not just error. It's the repercussions of the error, right. the experience of it. Only God can deliver us from that. In other words, only knowing who you are as part of the isness and allness, only knowing that and doing something about it, only remembering that you are a child of the Most High, only knowing that can get you out of the kind of trouble that you get yourself into when you think you're no good. Absolutely. So, you know what? You're no longer evil can evil. You're awful can awful. <laughs> awful can awful. You're not evil. You're just awful. You're just awful. <laughs> <laughs>
Jimmy Choo's and, you know, you're wearing your Chanel and all, all of that stuff and you brag about where you get your hair done and, you know, and all of this and that and how much jewelry you have on. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. I think that if that is something that you love to do, it's part of you. It makes you feel like you can go out and be a better person and help others. Then I think that you should absolutely well, do that. Well, Jesus wore a seamless garment, right? And you know? I don't think there's I don't think that there's anything inherently wrong with prosperity, not at all. So that's not what I'm talking about. But I think we have to be careful when we put it on like armor. We're putting we're putting it on to separate ourselves from the others and again this is just something that we finished talking about about you know in the last segment is the challenge comes with separation with um you know well they you know they either have it or or they don't have it right. you know what i mean and, well, and, it, becomes and so you a, can, it becomes it becomes a wall it, it absolutely does it becomes armor it becomes separation if your attitude is that way and i would say that be careful of your judgment on the other side of that too because if you see somebody walking and they're you know and they have the expensive stuff on you don't know what their life is you don't know if they're you know a philanthropist and have given a lot of money away to to organizations so i would say reserve judgment it, you know, no matter what camp you're sitting in, well, the thing it is, would be the, the first step for the, this, I think. The name of the game is to not have material things run your life. Sure. Because what we teach is that material things, not just your possessions, but your outer situation, your job, your relationship, and so on. The material part of you is real, but it's secondary. It's a byproduct. It's a byproduct of what you have going on on the inside. The name of the game is not how much money or possessions you have or don't have because that means different things to different people. Mm-hmm. You know, in some cultures, having a lot of goats is a sign of success. I don't want goats. If I had a lot of goats, I would feel like the least successful person right, in the I world. Right, I would feel, yeah. It's a miserable like, life to me. This is, this is a I'm not challenge. Interested. I got yeah. too many goats. So, <laughs> so it's so relative. It's relative to culture, to time, to situation, to, to location, to where you've been. All of that. Well, even within very recent couple hundreds of, of society, couple hundred years in society, it used to be that if you were if you were thin and tan, that you were seen as less than because it meant that you had to work outside and that you were working for something. And and it, the successful people were pale and fat. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that it has. It's only been a few hundred years since that has really. And now, every then then and we go into the nineteen eighties when fake tans and fake exactly. Yeah. And so, so now, you know, having having a tan and being thin is is the sign of success. Yeah. So it's, I'm hoping it's so, that it swings back to corpulent landowner. That's that's my goal. But hey, maybe you know. Yeah, let's, that's let's, what I'm working for. But the thing is, that is all completely relative. Right. There are some people who feel like, boy, oh boy. If I had a brand new Rolls Royce, that would really be something. But there's other people where if you gave them that Rolls Royce, all they would do is worry about where they would park it. And is it going to get scratched? And is somebody going to steal it? And and do I need to change the oil? And it would be the opposite of freedom and prosperity. It would be a, a burden. It would be a millstone around their neck. And so it really is a relative thing. The thing is to not get caught up in it. Whether you have a lot or you don't, don't make it your master. Jesus says you can't serve God and money. 
you have to decide. He didn't say you shouldn't have it. Once again, seamless robe. When there was time for the bills to be paid around Jesus, they got paid. When it was time for the multitudes to be fed, they got fed. It's not about going without. Good wine. Remember the very first miracle? Right. Well, I just read something recently um, uh, in, in a... I don't remember where where I, I saw it, but um, it was uh, a story of a woman, you know, driving down the road and, you know, she was with her kids and her kids were recounting the story. And uh, she said, you know, boy, I'd really like that. Look at that car. I, I really, I really would like to have that car. And I, and I hope that he, you know, and I hope that he has a better one. Boy, I like that. Like it, you know, yeah. and I thought, wow, so, that's that's really the way to do it. It's just like so you can admire wish, the car, right? But first of all, wish for good for other people because right. it means you don't believe in a finite amount of good. But also, don't be the kind of person that thinks that that car is going to make you a better person. Right? It doesn't work that way. Your possessions are just your possessions, and so once again, the goal is to not be caught up in them. So. Whether you're the kind of person who spends all their time reading gossip magazines and thinks about the real housewives of whatever and how possessions could make you a different person, whether you're caught up in having a lot or whether you're at the other end of the spectrum and you have taken some kind of vow of poverty and all you do is look at people who have a lot of money and judge them. Oh, they don't understand how it works. Either way, you're still wrapped up in material. Whether you have it or you don't have it, if stuff makes or breaks your concept of self or other, then you're still a materialist and you're missing the boat. That's the thing. The name of the game is to have it not be a thing for you. And you'll find that as money becomes no object to you, you will begin to prosper in amazing ways. I've seen it happen. It, it's That's just how this all works. But that wasn't the question. The question was, why do people equate success with with material goods? Why do people think that that, that we know this, we, we get it. Okay, I feel free when I don't have to worry about it. And I know that I can stop worrying for free. Okay, so why is it such a common thing? And And my answer is that because it's because material things are a lot more marketable. If you come to church and I tell you, that the only way to be happy is to do inner work, is to get clear on who you are, is to get done with dysfunctional habits and behavior, to sort of clean out the closets of your mind and heart. Well, that's hard work. If you go to another place when they go, oh man, all you need to do is buy these things. Whether it's magic beans or a special necklace or these new shoes, buy this suit. If you had that sports car, that girl would talk to you. It's so much easier to sell the thing because it doesn't require inner work. And that's why. It's because it's a cheap shot. And if I happen to be in the business of selling those things, it's great because I tried, I sell you the new cologne because that's going to make you taller and better person. And you buy it and it turns out that, that the girl doesn't want to talk to you because you're still the same kind of person. You come back six months later and you want, hey, I need a more powerful cologne. You know, and it's a perfect thing for me. The way to break that cycle is to decide that right here and right now, you are worth something. Right here and right now, there's something in you that's bigger than anything outside of you. And then things will start to change.
All right, this is the part of the show called Check It Out, and this is where we let you know what we're up to and ways to find us and participate in the amazing things that we're doing. And I want you to know that there are so many things. We're only going to touch on some highlights here. The way to find out more depth about all of the things that we're doing, a lot of times there's maps and directions and hours and details of all kinds at our website. If you go to waterandstonechurch.com, there's a link at the top that says Gather. And it's just the basic things that we do. And there's also a calendar page on our website that is a lot of detail. And once again, that's where you can find maps and directions. And for example, for the Sunday services that I do, they're on the calendar. And you can find the scripture that I'll be talking about, a little description, things like that. The next thing that we want to let you know about is kind of our ongoing things. Again, this is going to be under your gather section if you go to waterandstonechurch.com want to start out with Wednesdays. We do a sunrise walk every Wednesday morning at 7:20. We meet at North Shore Beach and we walk for about an hour. And I did manage to get like the screenshot of our path oh, and cool. so so I am going to I am going to um go ahead and put that on our Instagram. So go ahead and check it out and even if you don't come with us on that morning, maybe you take Take a walk later in the day if you're not. It's a gorgeous city. It's it a really beautiful is. time of the day. And there's not only that route, we'll put that up in whatever way we can, but also there's a, there's directions to where to go to get to the parking lot where we park and start the walk from. But I got to say, North Shore Beach is a pretty big area. So if you want to be there with us at 720 on Wednesday mornings, please do drop us a line. You can, you can call us. You can email us. You can hit the contact page on our website. We're active on social media and all of that. Please drop us a line if you're going to join us because, as I say, it's a big park and we'd hate to miss you. Absolutely. Another ongoing thing we have is our sunset celebrations. We meet about a half hour before the sun goes down, and obviously that change, the time changes throughout the year, so that's why we say a half hour before the sun goes down. Siri knows. Ask yeah, your exactly. Phone. And, you know, we just take that time, we close out the week. We get ready to start anew. It's it's informal, but it's been a lovely ritual for our spiritual community. I have I have adored it. So please go ahead and uh, join us for that if you can. It's fantastic. It's it will, like, I it really will, think it's life changing. Yeah, it'll it's change your week. So sweet and simple, mm -hmm. just to be there with some pretty great people. Watch the sun go down, and Absolutely. we applaud, and then we go get ice cream or tacos or something like that. It's pretty great. The next thing that I want to mention is our YouTube channel. We're really trying to get to 100 subscribers at this point. <laughs> and, you know, there's a lot of really good content on there. And we're almost there. We're, we're almost there. But, like, things change once you have that. You know, you can start... You can start doing YouTube a lot. YouTube treats you differently. It, it makes exactly, a lot of things exactly. easier so and so the on. The views, yeah. the subscribers, it's really important. But more than that... We have some really amazing content. You're finishing up a series called The Upper Room that has to do all about prayer. The process and practice of prayer that actually works in your life. Absolutely. Big deal. And our, sun yeah. our Sunday services are now up there. You can you can go and watch all six of the Wild Life series in order because that concluded last week. Mm -hmm. 
is I think it's a fabulous thing. There's also another one that's called um, Living Water Standing Stone. That's a series of 13 videos. It's about our basic it's beliefs. Exactly. That kind of it's another one. And then there's my show, which is called This Day. It's about a little bit of spirituality and about cooking some really good food. I love that show. Yeah, exactly. And there is a lot of amazing content that you can go and get from our YouTube channel. Go and subscribe. Do us that favor. It helps us. It helps us get to the next level with all the stuff that YouTube is blocking us from doing. So, you know, just just it do helps it. Just, it, yeah. it helps. Just go go subscribe. But more than that, go and watch some of the stuff. You're going to love it. You're going to love everything that we're putting out. And you can find our YouTube channel by, if you go to YouTube and you search for Water and Stone, you can find us that way. But the easiest way is to go to our website, waterandstonechurch.com. And if you scroll to the bottom of any page of the website, there's little links for all the ways you can find us on social media. And by the way, you should go find us on social media. There's links to Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And we love the stuff that we put on the Instagram. Yeah, I'm really proud of that. Yeah. But one of those links is YouTube. So go down, click on the YouTube link, hit that subscribe button. Once you're over on YouTube, it helps us. You're going to love it. It's great for everybody. But the very big deal is that you've heard us say it. We are now doing weekly services at Water and Stone Church. We meet at Harbor Hall. The address is 1000 Third Street South. This Sunday, we are going to start a brand new 12-week series. It's called Truer Than True. It's a really um, very cool concept about the hero's journey and a little bit of Joseph Campbell. And it's it's really fabulous. Being the hero of your story. Absolutely. You're not going to want to miss it. And our services are at 11 a.m. every single Sunday, Harbor Hall. You know the address. Come and find us. Come and, come and be a part of the service. You know, I love our listeners that take time out to listen to our podcast when they're driving in their car or they're working on their computer or, you know, or on even... On the treadmill. Oh, we yeah, I was going to say We've had a out. few gym listeners. Which somebody yeah, told absolutely. me they started laughing at something we said and they almost fell off the treadmill. You know, yeah, it's, a, exactly. it's pretty cool. You know, so, Don't fall. I'm going to be clear, but... Yeah, but there's something really, really special about coming and being a part of the congregation. I highly recommend it. You know, if you can't make it every Sunday, that's okay. But come out for at least one Sunday. You will not regret it. I guarantee, you know, that it's that it's going to be great. Um, another thing that I want to let you know is our next service project is happening on February 17th. That is a Saturday. We're doing a beach cleanup at the St. Pete Beach that we go to for our sunset celebrations. Um, we're going to be there from 10 to 1. And we just thought it was a really beautiful way to give back to this public space that we use on a weekly basis. Um, if you're from Florida, you know that spring breakers are, are either here or on the way to being here. Um, and they tend to not respect our beaches the way that, because you know, us our Floridians home. do. And this is our home. So it's a perfect time for us to go out, give back to the space that we use on a regular basis Help pick up some trash from spring breakers that don't understand or that maybe have had a little bit much, too much to drink and everything. But but mark your calendars, February 17th, beach cleanup, 10 to 1. Bring a lunch, get some sun, pick up some trash. We will have gloves and bags available for everybody. So it's not like you're having to pick up with your bare hands or anything like that. We'll have, we'll have the proper gear. Very good. And... As always, I want to let you know that the best way to stay in the loop is to text 
I am ready, all one word, I-A-M-R-E-A-D-Y, to 84576. If you do that, if you text I am ready to 84576, you'll be on the, the text list. And about once a week, we don't do it very, you know, it's not a bombardment. About once a week, you'll get a little text message that says, hey, our, our next thing is on such and such a date. We'd love to see you. That sort of thing. It's the best way to stay in the loop. We really want everybody to do it. So please get on our, uh, our text list. It's a really easy, effortless way to stay in the loop. All right, Dieter, it's time to wrap it up. Look, we're all working on the same thing. Every single person is working on ways to get happy, to experience love, to participate in the flow of life. Everybody is trying to do that. Let's give each other a little bit of slack. Let's give each other a little bit of leeway in part of that process. Yes, you are going to see countless examples of people who are doing it differently than you. Sometimes it's a matter of you learning from them. Sometimes it's a matter of you standing up and saying, no, this is not the way this is going to happen, and everything in between. But along the way, we have to keep in mind that wherever you go, you are surrounded by your brothers and sisters. Everywhere you go, what's on the outside is only an outpicturing of something much bigger. When we focus on the inside, when we don't get caught up in material things, we find a definition of happiness, of love, of success that changes us and changes our world. So don't worry about the details. Just follow the love. This podcast is recorded at Pinfeather Studios on the comfy orange couch. And the CEO... Pin Feather Studios is a handsome and strong Raina Randolph. She edits these podcasts, makes them happen for us, and she is one half of the music that you hear. The other half is the lovely and talented Miles Randolph. This podcast is solely supported by you. And you know what that means. It means three things, really. Thing one, share. Please share this podcast with other people. In fact, everything that we do is infinitely shareable. All of our blog posts, did you know we had a blog? All of our blog posts have little links at the bottom where you can Facebook it or tweet it or email it to somebody. Everything that we do gives you the power to share it with somebody else. If you're listening to this podcast, that means it's doing something for your life. Help us do something for somebody else too. Hit that share button. Tell somebody about it in some way. Thing two, write a review. Go to wherever you're listening to this podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever it is, and take a moment and give us a five-star review. In most cases, you don't even have to write anything. We'd love for you to write something if you feel led to do so, but really, even if all you do is click that fifth star, I'm asking for a five-star review because that's what sets the wheels in motion. We get treated differently by iTunes and Google and so on if we get the five-star reviews. It makes it possible for us to promote this to a much larger audience. It's kind of a big deal. It'll take you eight seconds, and it can change everything for what we're trying to do. And finally, and the biggest finally, is show up. Be a part of the things that we do. Come take a walk with us on a Wednesday morning. We'll get some coffee together and talk about whatever. Come celebrate a sunset. Come subscribe to our YouTube channel. And most of all, 
be there with us on a Sunday morning at 11 o'clock at Harbor Hall. It's a life-changing experience, and you're going to be able to say you were right there at the beginning of this amazing thing. Thank you for everything that you do. This is just the beginning.